Hello, I'm Eric Nance, and you are listening to episode 31 of the Our Weekly Highlights podcast. Today we are covering the highlights for issue 2021-W11, released on March 15th, 2021. This week's issue was curated by Robert Hickman, with help from the Our Weekly team members and contributors. You would be hard-pressed to not see or hear the topics of artificial intelligence and machine learning mentioned in the world of analytics and even the broader tech industry. As discussed in the excellent Deep Learning with R book, authored by Francois Cholette and J.J. Allaire, the realms of AI and ML are certainly not brand new. But the rapid advancements in computing power now enable researchers, practitioners, and many more to utilize these methodologies in complex problems such as image classification, speech recognition, self-driving automobiles, and more. Within statistics and data science, the combination of Keras and TensorFlow within Python powers a large portion of these complex analyses. And thanks to the Reticulate package, our users are able to utilize these frameworks as the engines to power their AI ML workflows. For some users and organizations, the idea of synergizing both Python and R for analytics is straightforward. However, some desire the ability to perform deep learning without the dependency on a separate analytics package. Enter Torch the R package released last year by RStudio that offers the same benefits as PyTorch within Python, but is built upon the C++ LibTorch library, meaning no Python environment is required. Like the aforementioned combination of TensorFlow with Keras, Torch can be applied to a wide variety of areas, one of which is time series forecasting, which is the subject of today's first highlight. Sigrid Kendaya, software engineer and applied researcher at our studio, has authored the first of a series of blog posts that introduce the basics of time series analysis by exploring electricity usage over a three-year period from Victoria, Australia, with the Tidyverse and T-Sibyl packages and a tidy workflow. Having a basic understanding of the existing data with exploratory data analysis techniques is crucial to setting up one for success before embarking on a deep learning analysis. Seagrid then introduces code to derive the training and test data sets with certain parameter tweaks using the torch functions, such as a sampling fraction and sequence length, and then constructs the recurrent neural network, or RNN, to predict electricity consumption for January of 2014, which demonstrated prevalent circadian and weekly seasonalities using the training and test data based on the full two years prior. We don't have time to cover the nuts and bolts of RNNs and other specifications in deep learning workflows, but this post demonstrates with very logical code how the predictive model using deep learning handled the challenge of dealing with multiple levels of seasonality in that aforementioned January timeframe fairly well. There is much more to come in this series, and you can find more articles on using Torch in R workflows on the RStudio AI blog.
And with these advancements in technology, one area that's been getting a lot of emphasis in multiple workflows is the idea of automation. Why spend a lot of manual effort doing something over and over again when you can get your trusty technology to do it for you? Many are now using automation with an awesome new capability that's become prevalent within GitHub repositories, which is called GitHub Actions. We have mentioned GitHub Actions in previous highlights, and now our users are able to leverage a lot of these techniques of automation with GitHub Actions thanks to packages like Use This. Abdul Majed Raja, analyst and developer at Atlassian, who goes by one little coder on social media, wanted to leverage these techniques to demonstrate how easy it is to scrape some stock performance data from India using a combination of R scripting and GitHub Actions. In his video tutorial that we'll have, of course, linked in this episode's show notes, Abdul shows how easy it is to take an existing R script that was built for web scraping and wrap a very simple YAML configuration file that tells GitHub how to construct the workflow for the particular action. The YAML file should be quite familiar to those that are using things like R Markdown as YAML provides a very logical syntax to define key parameters with multiple values. In particular with GitHub Actions, the YAML file controls various steps in the overall pipeline, from setting up the R environment, executing the R scripts, and committing any files with proper authentication. In the first part of the, of the demonstration, Abdul instructs GitHub Actions to execute on every push to the repository, but after showing everything is working in this particular step, he then shows how easy it is to convert this workflow to run on an automated schedule via cron job syntax, cron being the versatile scheduling paradigm used in Linux systems. One thing to note if you are looking to implement a similar scraping routine automatically is to make sure that if you are using these techniques in absence of a full API from the site that you're querying, that you check that site itself with a package like Polite to ensure that you're not violating any terms of service or other restrictions. In any event, it is great to see more users in the community sharing their knowledge and how to implement these kind of techniques with video tutorials. As someone who produces video himself lately, it's always great to see others in this space. And we'll have a link to Abdul's YouTube channel in the supplements section of this episode's show notes. In many of our highlights featured in R Weekly, we have seen the innovative directions our users take with reproducible reporting via R Markdown, as well as the top advancements landing in every release from the package authors within R Markdown itself or the various additional packages that are specialized in different areas. What can be glossed over is the fact that the Knitter package, EYC is reimagining of the built-in S-Weave engine within R for literate programming is the foundation that enables R Markdown and many other packages in this space to exist. On top of the ability to produce Markdown and HTML outputs, one of Knitter's greatest assets as compared to the previous S-Weave 
is the vast amount of configuration possible for each code chunk in the document. On an individual level, different users may have their own favorite settings for say, showing code alongside outputs, image dimensions, and more. But in a team environment, having a clearly defined set of customizations that meet the needs of clients is crucial to streamline development. On their company blog, the consulting group Jumping Rivers shares their current knitter options controlling various aspects of their reports in our third highlight for today. While some options, such as the echo parameter to control R code visibility, are often tweaked by the majority of users with basic familiarity in this paradigm, the post details their recommended graphics options as well, such as figure dimensions and dots per inch or DPI. In my experience with the early days of Knitter, fiddling with plots created in a report was somewhat difficult to grasp, so it is great to have this post share reasonable settings to start with. Another interesting technique is the concept of hooks, which instruct Knitter to run additional processing after a result is created, such as optimizing a figure's PNG file. The post concludes by showing how these settings can be defined easily in a setup chunk at the beginning of a document, which could be wrapped into, say, another R package to make these principles easily applied within your organization. You are also invited to check out the previous blog posts on the Jumping Rivers blog that detail much more in-depth configuration of graphics within Knitter documents. And those are your Art Weekly highlights for today. There's no shortage of excellent articles and more throughout this issue release, such as a deep dive in on R's built-in on.exit function, building a predictive model for fantasy Premier League points, and for more video content, we also have a link to my latest Shiny Developer Series episode 19, where I discuss the soon-to-be-published Mastering Shiny with none other than RStudio's chief scientist and architect of the tidyverse, Hadley Wickham. As always, you can find this issue release, as well as all the previous issues, issues on our home site, rweekly.org. You can also find complete details on if you would like to be a contributor to our awesome team on how you can get lined up and get in touch with us. And if you're enjoying the Our Weekly Highlights podcast, Having a little share on social media goes a long way into ensuring other listeners in the art community can listen to the great content of our weekly every week. Have a great week, and we will be back with another batch of our weekly highlights next week.